Hello and welcome to Is It Me or Is It Them? Today I'm talking about people who essentially throw a temper tantrum or give you a lot of pushback when you try to set a boundary with them. And I'm sharing what I believe are five reasons why people behave so badly when you try to set a boundary and some things you can do about it. So you are listening to Is It Me or Is It Them? I'm your host, April Boyd. I'm a psychotherapist, life coach, and relationship expert. And this is something that comes up a lot in my private practice with clients, is we have this kind of idea floating around that seems to just tell people, you know, you just need to set a boundary and everything's going to be fine, when the truth is, it's not always fine. This is why we often resist setting the boundary in the first place, because we know potentially both from past experience, as well as just from that kind of feeling of dread in our gut, that boundary setting does not always go well. Sometimes we risk conflict. Sometimes it goes sideways. Sometimes it just is really hard. So I think it might be helpful to consider these five reasons of why people often push back on boundaries and some things you can do about it. So one of the first reasons that I think that this phenomenon occurs of boundary backlash and boundary pushback is because people naturally fear change. That's just a basic truth, right? People often code, their brains literally code, change with threat, even if it's a good change. So This is kind of why we see people sometimes digging their heels in a little bit at first, even when you're not asking for anything that's like that big of a deal. And when you think about it with a bit of compassion and a bit of from this perspective of just fear of change, it kind of looks like this. So they knew what to expect in the relationship with you in the past and potentially that worked well for them. They liked it that way. They could predict your typical responses and had certain expectations of you that they may or may not have even realized that they were caring. But this is what we do, right? Because when you think about it, we teach people how to treat us in many ways. And this kind of becomes the map of our expectations of each other. So when you've kind of just When something's been okay, right, for years and years, and maybe you, maybe it always drove you crazy and you just never said anything and you're starting to speak up, or maybe as a lot of my clients have talked about, as they've started to really build their confidence, evolve, raise their standards, it makes them more aware of some of the dynamics that really bring them down or are negative dynamics in their relationships or just needs that they have, right? So, As an example, you know, let's say that you've always gone to your family's house every Sunday for dinner, right? And that worked, but like for whatever reason, that's just not feeling like that's what's best for you anymore. Now, if you try to set that boundary, this fear of change might get triggered for the other person because this is new and alarming. And their thought, whether they realize it consciously or not, essentially says, oh my goodness, What if there's other new changes that come with this? What if opting out of Sunday 
dinner this Sunday turns into no longer attending any family gatherings at all, right? And so whether people are conscious of it or not, this fear that gets activated can make them react by instantly wanting to protest any change rather than work through it in in a much more productive and probably easier way, right? It creates this fear when you try to set a boundary of what else might change. And as a strategy, you can start to maybe even just assume that that fear might be present for people, even if they're not really able to identify that for their own self, even if they don't really have that kind of self-awareness to be able to do their own work and share that with you. Hey, here's why I reacted so badly. I realized, you know, I just kind of panicked there, right? Even if they aren't able to go to that place, you can kind of just assume and try on that process of assuming that for them. What if there's a fear that's activated for them here? What might that fear be? And this happens all the time. We are bumping into this with other people all the time. So one of my favorite questions to ask when I'm experiencing something that doesn't make sense in a dynamic with somebody or some pushback, the question that I often ask is, hmm, what might their fear be that's making them respond in this way or act in this way? And oftentimes, if you can kind of just even indirectly soothe that fear, right, or address it in some way or form, some of that resistance goes down really fast. So the other thing is your growth presents a challenge to others. This is the second reason of why people often behave badly when you try to set a boundary with them or when you're even just making changes in your own life. When you start to set boundaries, when you ask for something new, when you say no to something that in the past you used to say yes to, or even just as you change and evolve, your change often feels like it's presenting, well, it's not even feel that way. It just is. The bottom line is when you make a change, it challenges other people to have to hold up that mirror and look at their own self to look at the ways that they are evolving or not evolving. And it takes a lot of effort and a lot of strength to be able to step back and get curious about, you know, your own beliefs and your own behaviors. And the truth is is that for a lot of people, that's just a depth that they're not really able to go to. Maybe it feels too risky to them. Maybe it's just so foreign. Maybe they're just, you know, the wiring isn't there. So, And what I mean by that is that if they start to really question the rules or expectations that they've set for you and step back and say, ah, okay, I can understand why she would need this or why they want that. I, that makes sense. I can understand why they're trying to prioritize more time with their own family, or I can understand why she's trying to have more time to herself, right? Whatever that is. There's a lot of people that can't go to that place of having understanding or compassion for that because it would mean that they have to start questioning their rules for their own self too, 
right? And so, yeah, this stuff just gets, it puts this challenge on the table to start to self-reflect, to start to look at their own boundaries. And I experience this a lot in um, times when I say no to people and I get a negative reaction is often from people that don't really have the skills or confidence or know that it's okay to say no to other people, right? So if somebody never says no to somebody in their own life, and then you're saying, hey, no thanks, but no thanks, it's like it feels like an assault to them, right? Because it's so different. You've given yourself permission for something that they've not been able to give their own self permission for. Threatening, super threatening. And this is where that change that you're making implicitly calls on the other person to change and grow too. And some people just can't do that, right? So they push back. And if they push back and you go back to the usual way of doing things, then they don't have to look at the mirror that you're holding up in front of them. Because that's what a change creates. It creates a moment of essentially holding up a mirror for somebody. And a lot of people aren't really comfortable looking at that. It has nothing to do with you. It's not your fault. It's not your job to make them do that. It's just noticing, you know, that dynamic so that you can move through it a little bit easier. So the third thing is... They might just be a classic control freak. So I say this partly joking, but also partly not joking at all. Your new boundary, whether it is something huge or something super tiny, shifts the dynamic of a relationship. Specifically, it can have the power to start to shift the power dynamic in a relationship. And truth is, some people have this quirky little habit of needing to be supremely in control of all things all the time, right? You know, those people that are like, oh, any way you want to do this or this is fine, as long as it's 4 p.m. at my house and everybody brings this, 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 right? Like, you know, those people that kind of pretend to be easygoing, but yet like, they're so not easygoing. They need to know all the details ahead of time. They need all the information. And I have no judgment of that. Often this is a trauma response. Often this is people that maybe grew up in a house where they it was chaotic. And so they kind of learned that if they didn't control things, that everything in their world was out of control. We all carry this stuff with us, essentially from childhood and from various experiences in our lifetime, which is why I'm so passionate and interested about talking about all of this stuff, because if we can start to just approach all of it with a bit of curiosity and compassion, we can take a whole lot of the tension and conflict out of things and start to move through it in a just much more neutral way which doesn't mean that we give in, doesn't mean that we have to be overly tolerant or overly forgiving. It means that we just stop adding to the drama in our own lives, right? And so when you think about it this way, if somebody has been really used to getting their own way and everybody else just generally goes along with it, 
They think oftentimes that they're being good caretakers. They think that they're just trying to have a nice family dinner. They think that they, you know, have are, are offering something so good to everybody else. But in reality, that's not necessarily consistent or beneficial for the other people around them. And so, you know, of course, these people don't even necessarily realize that they're being so controlling. But when you start to set a boundary with them and they push back, your boundary is threatening their sense of safety and control, right? And if you're dealing with somebody, you know, with that kind of dynamic, you have to essentially just let them kind of work that out themselves. And it can be helpful to kind of reassure. I always think about like, how do you take care of the relationship in that moment? So again, what their fear might be without necessarily giving in, right? And so you might say, hey, you know what? We always have such a lovely time at your place. You always throw the best gatherings. And you know, we really look forward to coming and seeing the next one, being at the next one with you, but we just can't be there with this one. So you almost just start to sandwich it a little bit to make it a little bit easier to hear and adding on just a little bit of that soothing for the other person, ideally in a really honest and genuine way, right? It's kind of like you're sandwiching it. So to make it just a little bit easier for the brain to absorb in a way that triggers less of a threat response. So the fourth reason of why somebody might be pushing back or acting badly when you try to set a boundary with them is some people honestly just believe that they know what's best for you. Again, this is not really okay. This happens in a lot of, this happens in friendships. It happens all over the place. But it often happens in uh, relationships with adult children and their parents. I was talking to a couple uh, just recently and they were talking about some of the challenges that they were having with their parents who almost overfunction when they're together with their kids. So the their parents' grandkids where like they'll kind of jump in and be intervening when the parents are setting limits with their own children or some of those moments of parenting. The grandparents will kind of be jumping in and intervening in different ways. And some people just, no matter how old their own kids get, even though their kids are like 35 or whenever that is, their parents don't really see them as an independent, highly capable grown 35-year-old. It's like they never refreshed the screen of that model when their kid quit being a kid and became an adult. They still are functioning in this role of, I know what's best for my kid, even though their kid's like 40. (laughs) And so this happens even with um, friends. I've certainly had relationships and friendships where You know, people have really strong opinions about what I should be doing or not doing, right? I remember back in the day, um, one of my girlfriends having like really strong opinions about um, who I'm dating. And while there's often care and concern in that, we have to be really careful that we're not crossing a line where we essentially say, I know your life and your situation better than you, because that's actually just really disrespectful. But, which is why it's so crazy making, 
when we're in a situation with somebody that is seeing us in this way, right? And oftentimes, I say this all the time, but I just absolutely believe that it is so true and so important to think about. Some people don't really have the ability to take the perspective of another person, right? So as an example, I was uh, with a group of of women the other day and one of the women had, she was drinking a Coca-Cola and somebody And it was like in the morning and somebody was saying to her like, oh, who's drinking this? You're drinking this in the morning, blah, blah, blah. And it's a funny thing because it's like, mind your own business, right? Like, how about you just focus on what you're putting into your body and leave her alone to make her own choice about what she's putting into her own body? Because we have no idea why somebody's making the choice that they are, why they've made their own educated, informed decision about what's best for them. And maybe they just wanted it. Like, who cares? But here's this place that we kind of get into, and I think a lot of people kind of fall into. I can be guilty of this probably at times too, for sure, now that I think about it. We're like, we kind of think we know what's best for somebody in some moments, right? So when we look at this, it's just often inconceivable to somebody that you would want what you want. I remember talking to somebody like a long time ago and we were talking about how we're going to go traveling. We're going to go on a trip and their honest reaction was like, why would you want to do that? And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not good or bad, right or wrong, but it was just interesting to observe that something that I was really interested in and excited about, they had zero interest in. In fact, it was actually like very unappealing for them to think about going on this trip to China, which was the trip I was planning at the time. And that had no appeal for them, which was just an an opposite to the fact that I was really excited, right? To me, it felt like this like once a lifetime opportunity, right? So when people say, you know, why could, why would you possibly do this? Why would you want to do that? One, I don't think that they should be saying that. But two, it's very possible that you're dealing with somebody that does not take on the perspective of other people. We think that empathy is truly a built-in human emotion. It is not. It is a skill. Some people are really good at it. And some people are terrible at it. I had a friend of mine who was saying how it was the holidays and him and his girlfriend at the time had decided that they were not going to go and spend Christmas Day running around to all the families doing all the traditional visits that they would have done at his family's house and at her family's house. It was just too much. And they decided to just stay at home with their own kids and family and It was inconceivable to his mom that that actually was something that was making him happy because it wasn't what was making her happy. It's not something that she would have chosen for her own self, right? She was one of those people that wants her own house full of people, right? That wants as many people around her as possible. So it was inconceivable and she spent like most of the day 
calling my friend and being like, are you sure you're okay? So then she's actually sabotaging the nice day that he was trying to have with her family. But whether she's aware of the fact that she's sabotaging or not, like he actually just needed to quit picking up the phone, right? Because this is the thing about boundary setting, and I have other episodes on this. You have to set the boundary and then follow through with it, right? Him picking up the phone while she's calling all day is just having her in the house, even though she's not in the house, right? So people just can't always take the perspective, right? And some people just think that they know what's best for you. With these kinds of people, you're going to have to just get really firm and clear with your boundaries. And You don't have to feel bad about that. This is the thing that I think comes up a lot when we talk about setting a boundary is that it's like it's guilt provoking because we, you know, especially when we see the good intentions, oh, I see that they're trying to be caring. I see that she's sad that we're not there, right? Like whatever that is. But ultimately, you can't fix that for them. And if you jump in, right, and keep answering the phone, As an example, you've just ruined your own day and essentially given her what she wanted, right? Even if it wasn't exactly what she wanted. The fifth and final reason is that sometimes it just takes a minute. I very much relate to this one. There's times when I just need a moment or a little bit of time to change gears from what my expectation was what my system is already kind of programmed into to change gears to here's what's happening now. So give people some time and space. Maybe you set your boundary, right? You do it quickly, (laughs) succinctly, set your boundary, and then leave it for a bit. Let them process it. Give them a moment to change gears. And this is why it can be so great. I think we have this kind of idea sometimes that we have to have like a long drawn out conversation to one, make sure that they understand, two, make sure that they're okay with it, which by the way, you cannot set a boundary and make sure that somebody else is okay with it at the same time. These are two completely different focuses. They they do not coexist, right? We're either setting a boundary or we're putting somebody else's needs first. So if we're setting the boundary, we are standing in a position where we risk that they're not going to like it, where we risk that they're going to react badly. And something that can be helpful is just giving your own self some space as you give them space to just process it through and adjust. And it's okay if they're not thrilled about your boundary. It's okay if they're not approving of it or validating of it. One of the things that I see people really trip up the most with this stuff is it's like we want to hear that they understand. And of course we do because that's safety. That literally is safety in our relationships. I know I'm safe because you understand me. But when we think about it this way, they don't have to understand you. And if they don't understand you, you're kind of in this position anyways that doesn't feel good where you're either giving in to something that you don't want to do and that isn't going to be sustainable in the long run 
or you're setting a boundary and risking that they're unhappy about it. Also uncomfortable, but I would argue it's really worth considering as the better option than putting yourself constantly through something that isn't okay for you. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. And of course, please take a screenshot of this, share it on Instagram. It helps me get my work out. And let me know if you have an episode that you would like to hear about. Also, I have been mentioning about doing the Reset Your Mindset group. I'm honestly thinking that I'm going to be moving that into uh, January as opposed to in September, as I had originally said. And that's really just because all the borders have opened up. I have the opportunity to go and do some traveling. And I really want to make use of that, to be totally honest. And it's super important to me. One of the things that I do when I do the Reset Your Mindset group These are the tools and the practices and the ideas that I use in my own life whenever I'm wanting to up-level and grow. So each time that I do the Reset Your Mindset group, I'm doing the modules and the workbook and and I'm in in the, the thick of it with everybody each week right along with all the students that are in the group. And so I, it's important to me that I'm in that energy and also getting that benefit out of it for my own self because every time I immerse myself in those tools and ideas and those practices, I grow too. This is literally how Reset Your Mindset got uh, created was because I had been craving doing my own deep dive into my own work and sharing that with other women to kind of go along on that ride with me. So I've decided to be a little bit I was going to use the word selfish, not selfish, but honoring my own self and honoring the integrity of that part of the work that I do and postponing it until January. And in the meantime, you should check out my Instagram stories because you might see some fabulous travel. And yeah, thanks so much for listening. I will see you next time.